1: The Characteristics of a Spirit-Filled Man or Woman. That is the subject of our time today, here on Truth For Today, with our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard. Join us. From Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, hi there and welcome. This is Truth For Today. Pastor Phil Howard takes us back to God's Word once again as we take a look at the characteristics of a spirit-filled man or woman, how we get there, and what it should look like to those around us as well as ourselves. Won't you join us? It's a very encouraging look at what you and I as believers in Christ are to look like if we are indeed His children. There are characteristics that will show this all off. For all of the details now, here's Pastor Phil Howard and today's broadcast of Truth For Today.
2: You can't grow without confessing your sin and willing to change your mind. Father, I know you want me to love. I've heard a hundred sermons on it, but I don't do it. I don't feel like it. Good, I hear you. Thanks for telling me. But Father, I'm willing to do it but you'll have to perform the miracle in me. I want the power. I want the enablement. Good. When you tell me you want to trust me, and when you tell me you're willing to do what I said, and even though you admit your inability, that won't hinder. I won't be grieved. I'm going to enable you to love like you never loved in your own strength and power. And God takes self-centered sinners and teaches us how to love. And that's all of us, isn't it? God doesn't want you to lie and say, God, you know I love them? God says, well, I don't call that love. I know you can't stand them. God, I can't forgive. I I want to forgive, but I can't forgive. That's what God wants to hear. He doesn't want you to lie and say, well, I forgive them, but I don't. No, just say, I know you want forgiveness. I brought it to you. I trust your word. I want to do it your way. I want to obey, but I find myself like Sarah of old. I'm barren. I can't have the baby. I want a miracle baby. I need divine power to take over here and to give this fruit in my life. Turn me into a lover of God and of people. The most contagious Christianity in all the world is a Christianity where you love people. If love is abounding in your heart and in your life, people will want to come to the church you come to. People will think of you as having an attitude that uh, they would say is supernatural to love. There's nothing in this world to make you love. There's everything in this world to make you on the defensive. Watch out, I'm going to hit you first. I'm not going to be stupid enough to let you get close to me. That's what this world will do to you. Only God can make you a lover of people and God. And I hear Paul say, the love of Christ constrains me. I'm operating out of a different motivation base now. You don't need to offer me a bonus. You don't have to offer me perfect people. The Spirit of God is producing a motive that the love of Christ constrains me, that I am willing to be spent for the cause of Christ. I don't love people because they're lovely. I love people because I'm operating under the influence of the love of God. Let's quit trying to find perfect people. We can't do it. Let's quit being critical. God, there's not one verse in this whole Bible that will make you critical of people. You may evaluate doctrine. You may evaluate where people are coming from, but the challenge is to love people. And so many times, let's just go to our knees and say, God, I don't hardly feel like loving my kids. I don't hardly feel like loving myself. I don't have it. Would you enable me to have what you want? God, would God answer a prayer if you ask him for what he wants you to do? Would he help you? I believe he would. Well, peace. And I take the peace here to be peace of God that you're in a state of being calm uh, inside. Uh, Well, Skip Joy, we'll come back. Uh, One definition is an unruffled state of mind, tranquility of mind, based upon the resources of God. That's why he said, pray about everything, don't worry. Uh, This world will destroy your peace. But he says the spirit, when we're walking in the spirit... The spirit will produce peace, an unruffled state of mind. Boy, anxiety is a killer. We are selling Valium by the millions in this country because people can't sleep and can't relax on their own. They need help. Part of that happy hour crowd is, yeah, I'll take another one. How's it going? Hurry up, Hurry. Uh, I'm getting ready to go home. I need a drink to walk through the front door. Why do you think liquor and all that stuff sells? It is a tranquilizer for natural people to get some kind of sense of peace, though it's a false security. What's the source of peace for the believer? The Spirit filling you, and he's told you how to appropriate it by prayer, but prayer is an act of trust. I'm not going to ask God to help me if I don't believe he can. I'm not going to ask for help if I don't think he cares. And when I pray, my faith has been displayed and God replaces anxiety with peace. Philippians 4, 6. Are you at peace? When you're not at peace, it would destroy our lives and happiness. He says joy here. I love that. Uh, It really means the ability to be glad. Uh, to have joy, there's nothing quite uh, as uh, sad in life as to see people who have lost their joy. Uh, John 16:22, Jesus said, Your joy no man can take away from you. Uh, he said in John 16:24, I've come that your joy may be full or complete. He says in Romans 14, 17, that you may have joy in the Holy Spirit. Not joy based upon eating and drinking. Uh, first Thessalonians one six with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Uh, first Peter one eight. We used to sing a song. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory. Joy. I. I it's contagious. It's contagious. Uh, many of you probably remember when you first became a believer. The thing you could probably relate to the most, I I would think would be the love, joy and peace. That you just, all of a sudden, this love for people, this overwhelming joy in your heart. My sins are forgiven. I'm right with God and peace. All is well. I have peace with God and, and if God can take care of my eternity, surely he can take care of my tomorrow. It's that sense of peace and Pretty soon you start growing in the Lord and you find a bunch of grumpy saints and you find out you can be a Christian and stay grumpy. He you start say, well, I guess it's not normal to have joy all the time. There's certain days it's all right to be a grouch and thank God's pleased with it. Grouchiness is not spirituality. It's just the old man. Uh, you Help yourself. Have a good grouchy day, but the spirit will be grieved and quenched because he doesn't produce grouchiness. You know? Uh, enjoy it while you can because you're going to have to confess it and repent anyway. It's wrong. I'll see people, they come to church grouchy. They really do and then they want me to preach them happy. I say, I'm not the Holy Spirit. You're supposed to land this place happy. How about making me happy? Hmm? Because I, I mean, I say many a the saint they just plop in the chair and say, do it to me. I just feel like this body life massager and trying to get them in a mood they don't want to be in, is that, I'd rather not even be here. Well, you know what? Me either. (laughs) To be with a bunch of saints that are stuck with each other is not fun. I'm sorry, I'm here. Joy. Joy coming from the Holy Spirit. And if you don't think God can produce it, I love that Acts 16 scene where the backs of Paul and Silas are bleeding, 39 stripes, maybe not, it's a Roman prison, so maybe less. But they've been beat up pretty good. They're in the stocks. These men are bleeding, bruised. I think a Roman soldier would know how to beat up a man pretty good. They were good at it. They knew how to crucify Christ with a great deal of pain. And so they got these men, Paul and Silas, these zealots for Jesus, beat them up, put them in the lower prison, put them in stocks, make them as uncomfortable as you can. And in the midst of it, you hear him singing at the midnight hour. Brother Silas, hit that favorite hymn of mine. Trust and obey, for there's no other. Can you imagine? Or if it's that old Pentecostal song we grew up. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory, and the half has never yet been told. Paul, remember it? Come on, these Pentecostals, you hear? Sure, Virginia. we know it. That's truly elect saints, remember that. <laughs> Joy unspeakable, full of glory, full of glory. Why, well, you don't even sing that way. I didn't grow up in that kind of Christianity. Well, I'm sorry you didn't believe in the Holy Spirit. That's your problem. God produces it even in Germans, in Orientals, Caucasians. The blacks are a lot better at it than us. They get it out. Oh, it's joy. It's joy in a prison cell. It's joy when you're suffering for Christ. It's joy in the will of God. It's not man made, it's not whipped up, and it's not fluffy euphoria. It is that deep, settled gladness of spirit that it is well with my soul. Comes from God. That's why Stafford, Horatio Stafford can write, it is well with my soul. My, having those girls lost at sea, and he writes right there where they perished, it is well with my soul because the joy is from the Holy Spirit. Oh, I... Think of the Adé family. They're going to be burying a mother this Wednesday at 11 o'clock. They're going to be doing the funeral. Well, it's not an easy assignment to bury your mother. But I tell you, uh, I have buried a mother, buried a dad, buried a lot of saints in this church over 25 years. And I've seen those who knew the Lord when we were sure of their destiny, this overwhelming joy that comes from God when you're giving up the dearest relationships in life. Christianity is supernatural in what it produces. It produces long-suffering. And that is that you can put up with people a long time. That word gentleness, let's see, patience is long-suffering. And it doesn't mean patience with your dog. It doesn't mean patience with wood, you know, something mechanical. I can't get it. <clears throat> no, it means patience with people. Some people have got more patience with wood and a dog than they do with people. But this is a long holding out of the mind. It means a long fuse can take it a long time. The spirit makes us patient. It makes us kind. Kindness, it's a wonderful thing. It means sweetness of temperament that puts others at ease, a kind person. Some people don't know how to put you at ease, do they? But kind people do. Kindness puts you at ease. Are you gruff all the time? You need to get under the Spirit's control. When we meet you, do we say, I just met Brother Buzzsaw? Or I met Sister Porcupine? They've got a lot of good points, you just can't get close to them? You know, knock it out. The Spirit of God doesn't produce porcupines. He produces kind people. If your kids are scared of you, I know you're not walking in the Spirit. He produces kindness. Put people at ease. It was used uh, sometimes of old wine that became mellow. That's the way the word was used. And so a mellowness, a kindly disposition, kindness towards people. He goes on to say it produces goodness, and goodness is the desire to benefit other people. Go out of your way to help. I'm just amazed at how many of you serve around here and the things you do in the kitchen, do in our junior church, in our nursery. My, people that are willing to render a benefit. Goodness. He goes on to say it produces uh, faithfulness or faith. It's debated what that means. Uh, I'm going back and forth Maybe steadfastness, they can just stay with something, be loyal, show up. Uh, I think it's more that I used to think it produced the attitude of faith, but I don't think that's true. It produces people that are faithful. You know what I find out about even coming to church uh, on Sunday night and what Jim said is so true? The big test is getting here. The invigoration happens during the service. Now, most of you are still going to stay up till 10 o'clock. How many of you will probably be up at 10? So what would you have done? Stayed at home? Let's see. Football's not here yet. It's an attitude of mine, but I know I come tired many times. Uh, Boy, I'm preaching twice Sunday morning. I am spent. I go home. I lay down. I'm tired. And I think, man, another service. I'm tired. The invigoration happens when I get here. It doesn't happen in the parking lot. You know, I'm depressed watching some of you just get out of the car. I mean, I mean, God is going to take a resurrection service. You know, I don't raise the dead. Uh, let's go worship God. Say, wow, uh, you know, McDonald's is right down the road here. You need a Big Mac tonight. You don't need another service. Let's worship Him. And I've seen it; it just happens this way. With all of my heart, heart, heart with all of my heart, heart, and all of a sudden, something happens in the meeting. Is it true? Some of you get, "Amen." You're asleep. That's okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll notify you after the service. I was teaching at college one time. We always had one student that always went to sleep, and we leave the class with him there. Our students would put things on top of his head. and He never knew. He flunked. Faithfulness. Are you faithful? Do you pay your bills? Do you? Well, I said, if I had money, I would. Well, okay. Uh, let's say you've got the money and you've got the bill. Do you pay things off? Do you keep your word? Can you take an assignment in the church and be serious about it? Faithful in the things of God. It's amazing how people can keep a job that can't keep a Sunday school class. You know, and if they live, if they worked by the way they go to church, well, I don't don't feel like it, and yet in the winter when it's raining, they can get up at 5 o'clock and be there at 6, and they don't ask if I feel like it. It's the only way I can pay my bills. Faithfulness to things that are good for you. The Spirit will help us. We all get tired. We all get weary in well-doing. But God tells us not to become weary of it. We've got to be replenished by the Spirit. Goes on gentleness. He produces that gentleness that sometimes translated meekness, and it has the idea of tameness or control of the Spirit, Uh, mildness. Uh, Sometimes it's translated friendly. Uh, I am just uh, sometimes amazed at how many I think God wants to teach every believer to be friendly. Not everybody an extrovert, but just to be friendly. And it's part of this concept of uh, the word meekness doesn't do it. It's, it's not that, it's tameness of spirit, under control, uh, humble in disposition and character, one who's under the divine will. It's the opposite of stern harshness. Well, self control. When we talk about self-control, we're talking about the body, its appetites, food, sex, drink, uh, clothes, whatever in life that can be self-destructive, that we don't know how to control an appetite or physical appetite on some level. The Spirit of God, He, if you tell Him that you're tired of being enslaved to this addictive behavior, Whatever it is, um, he'll give control in the inner man and give you the ability to say no. Well, um, let's just stop there. Let me ask you some questions, okay? If someone came up to you and asked you how to be spirit-filled, first of all, what does spirit-filled mean? Stand and speak loud if you ain't got the answer. What does it mean to be spirit-filled? If you're filled with the spirit, what does that mean? Controlled by the spirit. Like wine can make you drunk, the spirit wants to influence or control your behavior. Ephesians 5.18. All right, How? what's the basic thing the spirit looks for to give him the permission to fill you? Faith. Now that sounds simple. Well, I, faith is what I did to get saved. But Galatians says it's what you must do to be present tense saved. In the present tense, an attitude of trusting God moment by moment. Faith. Add to your faith character. 2 Peter 1. So, when I walk with this attitude of faith, I actively am putting myself Where? Under God's control, as it were, in the arms of Christ in uh, Romans 7. I'm acting alive to the Father. I'm reckoning myself to have this privilege. So by faith, I believe God that I have a face-to-face relationship. I'm going to tell him everything about me. And I'm going to trust him. And I'm willing to obey. But I can't do the miracle. He's got to do the miracle. But you see... Spirituality isn't passivity. Here I am, Lord. Fill me. Uh Uh-uh. It's not that. The Keswick movement in England had a passive view. And it's been criticized in theological literature. It's not let go, let God. That won't ever get you filled. And it's not just uh, I dedicate my life. It's not that. It is I am right now trusting God and willing to obey If you have that attitude in your mind, the spirit will be unhindered to fill you. Now, you may have already offended the spirit. You may have already grieved him, and you need to confess sin. You may need to repent of your uh, attitude towards God. Uh, Anger, unwillingness, disobedience. Repent. Tell God you're sorry. That's all he wants to hear. I'm sorry. I've been thinking wrong. Do you do that at all? Do you talk to yourself at all as a Christian? Do you go along and say, man, Howard, that's a crazy idea. Do you ever do that? Don't say Howard, but do you just say, man, that's crazy? Do you ever just catch yourself and say, that's crazy. Why am I thinking that way? Do you ever do that? If you don't, uh, you're probably being controlled by your thoughts. You've got to start rebuking yourself. If you judge yourself, God doesn't need to. You've got to judge your thoughts. If not, as Luther said, the bird that flies over the head is normal, but if it builds its nest in your head, something's wrong. Don't let this negative stuff talk to yourself. Say, you idiot, that's wrong. I will not hate that person, or I know what you're trying to do, or God, I want to hate them. I want to choke them, but I'm willing to believe you that I can love such a jerk. God says, thank you. I feel they've been a jerk myself. I want to give you the strength to love a jerk. God doesn't say they aren't your enemies. And he didn't say they won't cease to be your enemies. He just said, love them. And if you don't love them, your religion is no better than the Pharisees who only love their own kind, the love of God can love its enemies better than most people can love their friends.
1: And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, the ministry of Valley Bible Church, here in Hercules. As we conclude our time together today, we would invite you to contact us if you have questions, comments about the broadcast. Maybe you have a question about your own walk and relationship with the Lord or a prayer request. We'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch with us today. By the way, men, we would invite you to join us for our Valley Bible Church Men's Conference, Walking to Win. You know, life is a journey, and how you get through it matters. Abiding in Him makes all the difference in the world. This series will be taken from John chapter 15, and again, the conference is called Walking to Win. It's Friday, March 9th. Check in at 530, and Saturday, March 10th, with breakfast at 8 a.m. The price includes dinner Friday evening, breakfast, and lunch on Saturday, and each attendee's packet will include a free book that will be useful on your journey, a DVD. Conference booklet, pen, and snacks. Again, that's Friday, March 9th and Saturday, March 10th. The Early Bird Special is $45 until the end of this month. After that, it's $60 a person, $30 for Saturday only. For information, simply stop by our website or give us a call. 855 833 9864 or write to us. Our address is 1511 M Sycamore Avenue.